Sorry. <laughs> you're revving up to say something, and you're just going... <laughs> softly clearing your throat. Hi, this is Halloweeners. Hi, I considered doing vocal fry, but I think we did that last we time. Did that on the episode about <sighs> the movie that this movie is based on I called mean, Ju-On. It's a shot Ju-on. shot effing remake. Uh, and yet so aggressively <laughs> yeah, inferior and not scary. Exciting, yeah. We're talking about The Grudge, the American version from yeah. 2004. On, uh, I'm sorry, I'm Kira. And, oh, oh, I'm, We're so, not just, I'm sorry for the fact that I'm, I'm Cody. I'm, let me apologize. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you call me out for that once? Like, I didn't introduce myself to somebody I was in a room with, and I and I went, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my name is Kira, and you, like, made fun of me for, a, it was a funny moment. I, that sounds right. That sounds <laughs> mean and fun. You went, you should be sorry. No, that wasn't it. Anyway, great, we're back. It's <laughs> the grudge. Kira and I are fighting now. Boy, howdy, do I have a grudge with you. No, I don't. But how many times during this movie did I go, wow, I guess you can say they're holding a grudge. <laughs> Just alone to your cat. <laughs> Basically. Trooper, here's what I'm thinking. He's not even we in got the room. A grudge He's cooking. hiding. Mm. Honey, you got a grudge. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of cat noises in this movie, so we probably would not like that. Yeah, I thought that, but he just, um, he's now uh, in a spot where he'll like sit on one of the chairs and like the tablecloth will like surround him. So he's like in a little cave. Mm, a little um, yeah, and so when the movie was uh, playing in my home and there were so many cats in distress noises, I also assumed he would show empathy, but he didn't care. He had nothing to say <laughs> about these cats. In fact, he was happy. Goodbye, um, world. So, have you seen this movie before? Okay, so I'd never seen it, but it, of course, came out, and I remember when it came out, it looked spoopy scary, yes. um, especially the hands coming out of the head in the shower part, I remember, oh. in the coming attractions. Specifically, Honey. every girl I was friends with at the time, when I was, like, 12, was scared <laughs> of that moment. That's real. As if I'm boys don't wash their hair, I guess, but, like, we, we probably don't. But... <laughs> Well, maybe just the boys in your life had short hair, Probably, yeah. so there was less likely for things to be like hiding in there. Oh, this is middle school. I was definitely rocking and uh, semi-involuntary buzz cut. Cute. My hair was down to my butt probably at this time. The opposite of a buzz cut. Or a butt had cut. I donated it all? Uh, cut it all off then? I maybe had just cut it short for the first time because uh, I donated hair when I was thirteen, and I was like, "Short hair, this feels so fun." And then didn't revisit that until I was, was twenty-three. Wait another ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, I remember that it was very zeitgeisty. I remember. I think we mentioned this in the other episode. We're probably gonna be repeating ourselves a lot from the Juwan episode, but that was a full year ago. So whatever. Fight um, me. Fight me. I feel like everybody was doing the vocal fry thing from this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. I think one of my friends started calling me the cat boy, like, because, to, like, the boy who makes cat noises in this. Wow. Good insult, Listen, friend. We were literally 12 years old. <laughs> the worst age. So this version, the writer and director of the Japanese version, he directed the this American version, yes. correct? Okay, so that's kind of fun it is i actually i do applaud that existing as a fact everything else about it i don't applaud in fact i boo um yeah i don't know oh and sam raimi was a part of this production he he produced it yeah he was was just in the room yeah he likes to do that um and so it still takes place in japan but the main characters are all americano yes specifically white american we got um, sarah michelle geller who's like kind of our lead even though it's very ensemble yeah so if you uh, the movie watch, keeps checking back in with her yeah if you watch juan we kind of follow the reka she uh, sarah michelle geller is kind of the reka character the caregiver and she of course yeah like you're saying it's more of it's still an ensemble a piece, but uh, she's kind of the main girl. Yeah. And, yeah. Is she gonna make it? I don't know. Because it, there's th- the three groups of like people who do the most talking and the most mm, interacting <laughs> with the plot. Um, besides those people who are dead, are all white Americans. There are three mm-hmm. separate groups of like expatriates because there's Sarah Michelle Geller and her boyfriend who are both right. like we're sending abroad together. Ain't that cute? Mm. It's not. It's really annoying. And yeah. then there's. Uh, <laughs> it's really f- annoying. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody was like, I'm going to London with my boyfriend from like in college? Yeah, I'm sure people do that a lot. I mean, I can't imagine affording that. No. That's the thing. I'm like, who? Who's paying for this? Oh, well, I can I can tell you who. Buffy money. There's a family. It's a husband, wife, sister of the husband, and mm-hmm. their mother. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know why they're in Japan. 
Uh, They all just both, they all work there. Yeah, I think from context clues, it's like the husband has a job and so the wife has to, is coming with and I guess they wanted to take care of the mom so it's like we'll bring the mom too and then I guess the sister was like well okay. I, I don't want to be left out that's the so. biggest that's the that's the biggest head scratcher in terms of like okay yeah they're Americans but they live in Japan the sister just kind of seemingly tags along yeah. there might be an explicit moment in the movie where they explain that but it's it's they don't there, there can't they be don't. a good reason okay um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Bill Pullman's character mm-hmm. who is a Man, man, he's a professor. Yeah, he's a professor. Um, and he Yoko, the house, the caregiver of the mom, has a crush on him. No, no, no. I was very confused by the ending. No, Cody, get out. Explain why later. I'm just kidding. So the house, the house, she's got some bad vibes to her. Mm. So what had originally happened was there was a a husband and wife. And a son. It was a and Jap- a cat. And a cat. And it was a Japanese family. And the wife, at some point, either was Bill Pullman's student, or she claimed, she because she sends him letters, and she's claiming that she was a student of his, but he's like, I don't remember who she is. So either she's lying, or she was, and she just, you know, didn't have a good personality, and he didn't remember, or he's racist. And so she had a crush on him, and she, like, wrote, like, I have a crush on this, this guy. He doesn't even know I exist. And so... We learn that the husband figure found this diary and rightfully, understandably so, um, you know, murdered her. Mm-hmm. Um, the dry, the the diary, the diary is. The, um, <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this element in the original movie was not so. It was obvious. Well, okay. Here, the diary that Bill Pullman finds first, and we see is what a Hollywood per. Um, uh, interpretation of uh, like a crazy person's diary looks like. There's, Peter, it Peter. says Peter over and over again, which is the name of Bill Pullman's character, and there's yeah, like drawings. a lock of his hair, and then like clips what? of his fingernails. What? Why oh, miss yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's an outline Ugh. of his hand, and there's like yellowy stuff taped to the top of them, and I'm like, she found his fingernails somewhere. Oh, I thought she doodled her own hand. I missed the fingernails part. Yeah, there's that's... some. I see. I okay. see. his fingernail clippings. That's far. That's um, far. That's not good. So, but I might be wrong. But in the original, I think she was not so seemingly unhinged in her uh, obsession. Right. And and Juan, I think it was a different sort of setup. I be, uh, the 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 father was concerned that the baby wasn't his. Whereas okay. yeah, in this we watched version, this we watched like over a year ago, so it's a little, yeah. little iffy. Um well I only remember because I re-listened to our episode. Um, but yeah, the, the issue was like, he was like, ah, she cheated on me and the son's not mine. Um, which in this version, I guess, because they were like, well, Bill Pullman's there. Um, you know, and that may be a little, I think like they had already had, they had already done been living. And I think maybe she was just a mother and she had a crush on a professor. Anyway, I'm Right, babbling. but it was, she is very much meant to be telegraphed as like, stalker crazy in love because also okay, they like yeah. find a bunch of pictures with him in the foreground Bill right. Pullman posing and her in the background being like hello how you looking right. so it I, really yeah, I guess so. in a kind of gross way makes the scales in terms of both the husband and the wife the, the who lived in this house equally at fault in a way because like uh, yeah. the wife wasn't just maybe having an affair and it's like tentative this is like it wasn't an affair because he didn't. Bill Pullman wasn't involved, but right. it was like an unhinged obsession, yeah. and it just really paints her in an icky way. Right, and like it's almost make the like make everybody in the house who's now a spirit evil. The boy obviously is a just an innocent bystander, but he seems right. pretty benevolent, or at least neutral. Yeah. Whereas the wife at the end of the movie, the spirit of her is like uh, the she the final man. bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So final boss, baby. Right. Which is like, it removes the, and this is a problem with the movie as a whole. It removes a lot of the mystery and ambiguity and kind of Mm -hmm. unfeeling perspective of like the idea of the grudge curse, Mm -hmm. because it seems to only happen to like bad people in this movie. Whereas in the movie, the original, it just happens to anybody who encounters either a spirit of the grudge or dies in the throes of anger or um, rage or whatever. Gotcha. So you're saying this movie takes it. There's a little bit more ambiguity with Juan as opposed to this where it's like they literally have like flashback scenes where they show like what literally happened. Whereas. uh, Right. And the movie's like they're both bad people. Yeah. They had bad spirits or whatever. Uh, It's a very Americanized perspective where especially in the mid 2000s we talk about this a lot with movies from this Mm -hmm. era. 
everything has to be black and white. Um, there can be no ambiguity as good to, and evil. um, right. Who is the bad guy? Who is the good guy? Who's at fault? Who deserves to have what happened to them? It's mm. almost like after nine 11, which does influence a lot of media, especially in the first Bush term, which this was still filmed during. Yeah. It almost takes us back to like an old Hollywood, uh, like censorship era when it was mm-hmm. like, you can't, you know, before the rating system, when it was like the Hayes code. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you couldn't have. Any interpretation of sex, obviously. One of the big ones was bad guys couldn't end the movie not having their comeuppance. Right. So that's why most movies, almost all movies of that era have the bad guy like fall off a cliff or right. get not or <laughs> right. get, go to jail. Mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life is one of the few exceptions because Mr. Potter gets away with it at the end. <gasps> oh, because that's factual, baby. And it's an amazing movie, honey. Oh my God. And also it's the fat cats eating us alive. But this the this era of filmmaking that we're talking about during the grudge is kind of similar in mm. America, I would posit. Uh, that makes sense. I agree with that. And I mean, it is, I think also because of the time of, you know, post 9-11, it's like, we, again, we, we need exact answers, like, and mm-hmm. having an ambiguous sort of horror movie, I think, is also too much, too. Like, having, Absolutely. like, this is why, uh, not only is this person bad, this person's not bad, but, like, here's i don't know it's very literal um like we see you know oh remember in juan where she goes down the steps on all fours well now you know why Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. okay that's kind of interesting but it's kind of cool that she just does it because she's a scary motherfucking ghost like i'm cool with that logic too this movie really wants to have its cake and eat it too and honey i didn't care for that cake and that cake made me sick yeah i took a little of the frosting and went that's fine i'm I'm just gonna eat like this the the teeniest everybody's aunt does this at every birthday party. <laughs> I just want a tiny slice, like just a tiny slice. Give me the tiniest tea, slice. Tea, tiny tea. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry, Aunt Kathy. Um, oh, <laughs> classic Kathy. Speaking of white women names, the fact that Sarah Michelle Gellar's character <laughs> is named Karen. I knew I you were know. gonna love that. I was the whole time. They're like Karen. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, again, you're in a movie. There's so much more creative. Now there's anything where I have a friend named Karen, and she's wonderful, and I love her. Nobody just- chooses their name ever. <laughs> but like, but. <laughs> I just feel like in a movie where you can choose names, and you can mm-hmm. get a little more creative, it's just like, okay. I can't hear the name Karen and not immediately think about other women whose kids I played soccer with in the 90s. <laughs> that Long Island accent comes yep. to mind for me. No matter where you're uh, from, Long Island accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, um, what was her like boyfriend's name was Jack or something. Who cares? Like Jack, he, like, Peter, like, Bill. He's an Adrian Grenier knockoff, which is like a knockoff <gasps> of a knockoff. Ooh, cause Adrian Grenier can't act. Ooh. But he but had he, his like, eyeballs. He is every shitty boyfriend who I still kind of want to bang. <sighs> yeah. What's anyway, he up to um, now? Is he working still? Well, I remember in You Drive Me Crazy, he was so cute. And then he was in fucking The Entourage. The worst product. Um, oh, right. Devil Wears yeah, Creed. nothing I've heard of. He's in a movie called Marauders, another movie called Arsenal, and another movie called Affairs of State. So it looks like he's really going for, like, movies Republicans will watch on a plane <laughs> as, like... <laughs> on the way his, to cheat on their wife. His genre. Yeah, Oof. Anyway, this movie really wants to have its cake and eat it, too, in terms of we are remaking a Japanese movie, Mm -hmm. but we're still going to set it in Japan, but it's going to start Americans. Because I think something about the nature of the actual idea of a grudge curse Mm -hmm. is so embedded in kind of, and I'm speaking very broadly as not even close to an expert on this, Japanese mythology of Mm -hmm. death and spirits, Mm -hmm. um, how things can have a lingering impression after death. Again, I'm speaking broadly, but that's not really an American thing besides, like, this house is haunted. So I don't (laughs) think they could bring that concept easily over to America. You can do it. I just think they were not wanting to do all the hard work. Yeah. Plus there's, like, again, this is me speaking as a, like, a studio head, something exotic about, like, a Japanese horror movie. Yeah. But, like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's gonna start white people... We're going to have, for some reason, three separate groups of expatriates that all interact right. somehow. Right. They all find each other. And so it's really trying to cater to an American audience, but still keep what made the original so, like, special and scary, which is, like, why I imagine the director of the original was hired, because, mm-hmm. like, he would bring, be able to bring that to it, and, like, good for him for being able, being able to get the gig, because that wasn't the case with something like The Ring, which is a different director than the original. Okay. Um... 
but the ring the remake is set in america like they made it work okay and, so. and I think that makes more sense because it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we have it take place in Japan, but we can't, you know, the characters are in Japanese because, and I guess realistically, if it was Japanese characters and they were in Japan, they would be speaking Japanese. Right. Yeah. So I, I can almost understand that they want them to be English speaking, but then just put it in America. Exactly. Because then I was watching this and I was just thinking, oh, you know what? I really just want to watch Juan right now because that was yep. very good. Yeah. Um, Juan, and I re-listened to our episode on it. And it made me just realize how good and scary and, most of all, how weird that movie is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that's what makes it so unsettling is there's... It's not typical in terms of narrative structure mm-hmm. or rules of how the curse works. Or right. even, like, it doesn't even keep the same aesthetic for certain parts of... For different segments. Mm-hmm. And, like, the scares are all varied, even though they're all kind of of the same piece. Whereas this one is really generalized. It keeps the narrative structure of we're going to bounce around and there's like chapters. And right. it's not linear, which mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that at least because they could have really just smoothed it out. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. But it doesn't have the same level of what made the original so scary, which was this. It's a little more. So there was something in the simplicity and the raw nature yes, of exactly. how they filmed it and how they did it. And because they, you know, it just. I don't know. Yeah, just because, a little more believable. Because the like the spirits and the scares are so like lo-fi almost. Like they look really handmade and crafted and mm-hmm. even low budget to an extent. It gives it like this the look of something that is cursed. Like the actual spirits and the things that are haunting these people look unwell. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this, it's really slicked over. It's like a lot of CGI um Helping you out, and the makeup is yeah. really perfect. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the original, I think we were commenting even on the young boy's makeup is a little bit rough, but like right. it kind of gives it this oh, what's wrong with him impression, mm-hmm. as opposed to he's just pale. Still pale. In the original, it has this uh, mystique to it, whereas this does not. It's. Yeah. Even though the scares were new to an American audience, like the way they did them, maybe, or the look of the uh, things that were haunting them, it's still very just. Americanized in, in execution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, sorry, I was just thinking yeah. of the scene because there's a scene later and I guess I kind of liked this for what it was. Uh, it wasn't necessary, but there's one point where it's near the end and Sarah Michelle Geller comes to the house and she's like, oh my God, I think my boyfriend's in here because he thinks I'm in here. And she goes in and all of a sudden she's kind of like in a sort of flashback um, where it's Bill Pullman's characters yeah, in the house. Yeah, she through time and space. <laughs> which, I mean, I do kind of love in that sense because I feel like that's kind of how time works sometimes and I feel like that's why... I don't know if I always believe... I, paranormal things happen, but I believe it's because of that. Does that make sense? Like, everything that's happened is happening at the same time. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, so how and, time is, like, a construct... And yeah, in a way, it's even all, though like there is a linear progression in the world, right. the idea of time as we know it is arbitrary. Yeah, it's it's all garbage. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like a moment where uh, he, Bill Pullman is like looking through something and he drops it, and Sarah Michelle Gellar's character goes to grab yeah, it. Why did she go to grab it? You're in somebody else's flashback. Yeah, just sit there, <laughs> just stand she's, still. She's a white woman. She's very <laughs> she's <like>, curious. <laughs> <laughs> she, I have to intervene. I need to know. Um, and so, but he obviously doesn't see her, but he like felt her, and he's it's like oh, so it's like. That was kind of interesting, and I liked how it was like the imprint of everyone passing through there and having some kind of negative reaction will just always be there, and they'll always be feeling each other. Yes. But then in that same scene, uh, Bull Pullman like opens the door and sees the boy is like swinging the father's dead body, like Ooh, he hanged himself, hung himself, yeah, yeah into the, uh, like a wall. So it's like the uh, I guess the rules again were kind of crazy, but it's like. Right, why know. is the house allowing Sarah Michelle Gellar to see this? And not just see it, to experience it. And why is she uh, also alive for this long? She... Because it would be one thing if, sense. like... And I I have a vague memory of this maybe happening in the original. I feel like the wife, the spirit of the wife, showed her what happened. I don't remember. Was I wrong? Anyway, maybe. it would be one thing if, like, the spirit of the dead wife showed her, like, Hey, heads up, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. 
either avenge me or get out or something. Avenge me or get the fuck out. Ooh! But in this, it's like, no, in the, in the world of the movie, it's the wife is bad, too. So, you know, nobody's there to show her anything good. So then why does she get to see this flashback? Um, because she's a white woman. She has that power. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. But that was a wild image, though, because uh, of like Bill Pone going into the room and then like, Ooh, oh, my goodness. And you see him like leaving, looking uncomfortable. And then she goes into the room and she sees the boy just like pushing the dad's body. That into was the, wall. the only scare in this movie that was not in the original that I liked. Right. I don't think that was in the original. I don't remember that. No, no, I don't remember that either. Because all you at first you heard just the thumping noise. and You're like, mm-hmm. what is that? And then yeah. you see the kid playing with his father's dead body. Right. That's. <laughs> A striking image. Right. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) And there is the moment where, this also wasn't in the original, where we see the original caretaker of the older, of the the white mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Yoko. She comes back to her place of work and we see that her entire jaw's been ripped off. Jesus Christ. That's not in the original Juan. I believe it's in one of the other movies in the franchise, though. Whether Uh, it's one of the ones that came before or after, but it's from that franchise. Yeah, that's wild. Because even, because they came out to the base, when they went up to the attic and they found the couple were there and they were dead and then they found like just a jaw on the ground. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. So I didn't realize it'd be from Yoko. Juan, jaw off. (sighs) Sorry. I love how she's literally walking into the care center. Blood is on the ground. And go to work. And but her boss is like Yoko. <laughs> uh, it's like after hours they're locked up. She's like dripping with blood, and he's like, "Hello, hey, you've been missing Everywhere? for days." <laughs> Very cavalier about it. So yeah, basically, Sarah Michelle de Geller is at the heart of all this. She we keep going back to her, even when there's a narrative not involving her. Right. We somehow find a way to get her in for most of them because she's trying to figure it the fuck out. Right. But she, I don't want to mean. She's not very good in this movie. Yeah. Every time she sees a spirit, like the first spirit that we see, is the is is a spirit. I assume of the dead wife hovering over the American grandma. Mm-hmm. Who's there to get looked after by Sarah Michelle Geller? Yeah, and her reaction to it is just kind of, oh no, <laughs> oh shit, oh no. And the yeah. finale. This is not her fault, but like the finale of the movie, where like it ends with her burning the house down, mm-hmm. is kind Which of I just love. her sitting on the ground while spooky things happen around her. Mm-hmm. Like the wife crawls down the stairs, and then right. there's the boy up there, and the wife crawls on her, and mm-hmm. then her boyfriend is eaten by the spirit, and then another face appears in the door. It's just things happening around her. She's not doing anything. That's and that's a, that's a problem with the narrative. But even so, her reactions are kind of just like, boo. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, I did like that. I don't remember if it's in Juan. I feel like it's not that she, because originally the detective went to go. He's like. I know what we need to fucking do. We gotta put this fucking house on fire. That is in the original. Which is my... Oh, good. Because, I mean, that's the only thing you can do. So, I mean, I guess I kind of like that aspect. But it was in Juan, so they didn't... That wasn't a new... Yeah, and because we have an an, uh, increased focus on one character, in this one, we lose something from the original. Not that I want it to be a shot-for-shot, everything-taken-in-remake. Right. But there's that part in the original where it flashes forward 10 years, and the daughter of the detective is uh, haunted by her schoolmates who went into the house. Right. And it's a really spooky part of the movie. Yeah. And it doesn't have anything to do with the main narrative in this movie of the caretaker, so I see why they cut it. Mm-hmm. Because in the original, it's about how trauma and tragedy affects everybody who comes in contact with it. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's just about people who specifically go to the house, mm-hmm. not the um, extended families and stuff, which is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different interpretation of it, but I like that in the original, it's like, even your children are <gasps> going to be fucked up by this. Oh, no. Protect them. Yeah. Also, the original has a clarity to it because each section is divided with like che- clear chapter titles that are the names of the character we're about to be following. Yeah. So by the end of this movie, I was a little bit confused about what exactly was happening, even though I haven't seen the original. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's because, A, the Japanese family who is now haunting this house has, I believe, zero lines of dialogue, which is fine if they're going to be just going for, like, a spooky thing. But oh, because they, besides the detectives, are the only... Um, and, and Yoko, who mm-hmm. is quickly dispatched, yeah. are the only characters who are from Japan mm-hmm. in this movie that takes place in Japan with any importance to the plot. To have them have, like, nothing to do besides just be crazy people who killed each other, essentially. Yeah. Not great. And it just removes a little bit of clarity that the original had. 
Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too. I mean, not a good way, but that's a very interesting point because, I mean, they really don't say much. I mean, the boy says his name. Right. He makes cat noises. Um, even the mom with heavy dementia says something. And it's not even the idea of I need them to have dialogue to have worthy hmm. uh, worthless characters. I'm going to murder my wife. because their interpretation in this movie is both of them are bad, essentially. That's what that's telegraphed to the audience. Uh, I would have liked to have them have a little bit more clarity in terms of their story because it was a little bit jumbled. Okay. I think. That's what he thinks, bitch. Write it down. Do you have any parts that were scary in this? No. That's the thing. (laughs) I remember being so freaked out to see it when I was younger. Me too. And I was watching it and I was like, this is actually... I'm fine with all of this. Because all the scares in this are built up with like typical Hollywood style music mm. whereas in the original things just happen and things happen in the background that yeah. if you don't catch the first time you're just gonna miss it and this there's like scares where the camera like slows down so you I miss it that they make sure that you see it <laughs> yeah like the one where he runs by the mirror and sees the girl in the mirror mm-hmm. at the end in the original it's so fast that if you don't see it the first time you miss it right whereas in this it goes into slow motion so make sure that you see it and she goes back and she's like wait a minute wait a minute yeah, and just I'm white. <laughs> who was that? Oh no, but it, it just um, yeah, I just wasn't as captivated by it. Also, this is a little unrelated. The woman who played Emma Williams, the mother with dementia, who's staying there—that's the same woman from fucking uh, *Requiem for a Dream*, right? No, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, the mom from *The Exorcist*, but it is Laura Palmer's mom from *Twin Peaks*. Yeah, and that's the mom from *Requiem for a Dream*. No, it's not. <laughs> that's Ellen Burstyn. Are you sure? I'm. Are, are you looking it up right now? I am. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just going to look up her, this mom's filmography. So, sorry. The mom. Yes. Okay. So, it's definitely Lori. Okay. Definitely the Palmer's mom. Uh, Lori Palmer's mom. That I will definitely agree. That I mean, not agree. Yeah, but I know you're right on that. But I always <laughs> I thought she was always. I thought concede. she was the same mom in Requiem for a Dream, though. No, that's Ellen Burstyn. Oh, they I'm look, sorry. Well, the way that she's made up in Requiem for a Dream, I can see it. And I, also, it's like a manic woman. Yeah. Wow! They okay. They do. They really. Okay. They did a ton of makeup on her in *Requiem for a Dream*. Okay. Oh, here she is at the end. Yeah, she definitely looks like her. Yes. Okay. So, I okay. Will give you, I will concede. Thank you. I, know, but I was like, <laughs> also, did I ever tell you? Can you imagine if they were like Ellen Burstyn, Oscar winner? You're just gonna lay on the <laughs> ground. You, that's what I was like. This poor woman is always playing like a destitute older lady. She um, I haven't seen all of *Requiem for a Dream*, but I was sleeping over my friend Karen's house. Oh. Actually, it, it's all connected. When I was younger, we were sleeping over, and I think, like, I passed out early for whatever reason, because I'm a mess, and woke up in the middle, like, you know, a few hours later, mm-hmm. and they were in the middle of watching Requiem for a Dream. How so, old were you? I mean, it must have been early high school. Okay. Um, I, I hear from the party, was, I think, like, 12, and I was oh, like, that's no, no, way no, too was, young for that movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just, like, the three of us are, are close friends, so, like, we were, I think, I don't even know if it was meant, I think it was, like, a rare moment at that age like we were like we got nothing else going on of us. but like i woke up and i'm in the middle of this movie that mm. is so incredibly intense and i was just like well i'm awake now and it's, um, the most it's a lot of all time. Exa- it's Not so stressful it's so much oh, it's so um so I'm that's my requiem for a dream experience yeah you never seen the whole thing though still no i mean that's, uh, a, that's okay it's just... one of the movies that i think is so good but it's Oh, upsetting that I'm yeah. like, you don't have to watch it. It was so <laughs> You can skip much. it. It's, it's a lot, especially when, you know, it's like, oh, everyone's doing cocaine and everyone, or uh, heroin, heroin and like, yeah. um, and you know, I, or pills I didn't or something. even smoke weed then. I was just like, this is yeah. all no. too much. <laughs> this is all, all too much. All drugs bad. Oh, uh, well, I didn't think that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not be hasty. <laughs> <laughs> but Christ, I mean, that, yeah, shit's intense. Anyway, um, you heard it here first. I, the one part of this movie I found scary was the part that it was recreating from the original I found scariest, which is the scene where the sister is chased through her office building. Oh. And it's um, the creature, like, the scariest part for me was she ends up on a, st- in a stairwell, mm-hmm. and all the lights above her start going out, like, level by level, and then she looks down, and she sees kind of obfuscated through the bars of the stairs, mm-hmm. the creature, like, crawling up the stairs. Yeah, no. Scary. And then it takes her little keychain, <laughs> and then she goes home, and it's like, these, the cat boy is in the elevator uh, right. window, which is in the yeah, original. Yeah. And uh, then the the her husband no her brother her brother shows up at her door but he's not there right and on he's the phone through the people but yeah. right yeah and then it gets her in her bed 
that I found scary because it is almost exactly what happens in the original. Yeah. And even though it doesn't have the same, like, gritty quality as the original, it's, like, really sheened over. Um, oh, there's also the security camera footage in yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in that part. And with it, like, consuming the camera and then the eyes pop out. Yeah. No, that's no good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's no good. Well, it's just, you know, it, they just have to be very scary concepts. And, like, the whole concept exactly. of, like, her getting the phone call from her brother and then him being like, yeah, I'm outside your door. And then her seeing him through the peephole and then opening the door and no one being there. Horrible. And then she's like, let me further, let me go out the door more. Yeah. No, bitch. And then you hear that she hears the noise on the phone. That's all scary. Because, uh, again, it is exactly the same as the original. That's yeah. it. That's just like that. So I found that scary because I was just like, oh, yeah, this this is spooky. Oh, yeah. But, I don't want mm. that to happen to me. The brother showing up at the door, him seeing her seeing him through the peephole, mm-hmm. and then him not being there is exceptionally scary to me. <laughs> Peepholes well. as a concept are scary, I think. I think it's a really specific, like... The fisheye quality to it makes it really just un- unnerving, and it's like they can usually tell when you're looking through them. You're not supposed yeah. to be private. Did, I don't like that. Ha, did you hear there was like a hotel? Ugh. I'm mixing up some stories oh, with a reverse people. Yep. Yes, I heard about this. My worst nightmare. Yeah, my some worst pervert nightmare. hotel manager installed reverse peoples on or backwards peoples, I guess. Yeah. In so the hotel door, so he could look in. And they would, they would look, so you people. would probably look out and just see like it being blurry and you would just assume like, oh, this people's just like dirty. Yeah. And it is dirty, but oh, not honey, in the way that you think dirty. it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. yeah. Really, and also, really I don't know. There's something, if you see someone through your people and you don't want them there, it's, there isn't much there's space between them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's It just, really is just like, I, I see don't. you. Okay, no one. <laughs> Bye, get out. Yeah, and then not being there is even scarier because it's like, I just saw you. Yeah, and I love how the ghosts can just like, they're like, technology, we got yeah. it. We know how to handle her. Right, it's like they have the power to, they themselves can travel anywhere, obviously the spirits, but they have the ability <laughs> to manipulate anything that's close to like a screen because they manipulate the security cam footage, obviously, and a peephole in a way is a way of looking at the world with something in the way. Interesting. And they also appear in, like, windows. They, she, it, it appears in a bus window at one point. Yes. Uh, ooh, I dig that. And I'm I know, into that. I like that, too. And in the original, I know that the scene that we're talking about, where the creature gets her by, like, pulling her into the bed, <laughs> is based on a spirit that, in Japanese folklore, appears in small places. So, in, like... Cracks in doors, I imagine. Oh, I wonder so, who told you that. Oh, that's so weird. Maybe you should listen to John episode. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, but I, I maybe there is some sort of um, connected, uh, similar Japanese spirit that appears through like windows only or glass or mirrors because they they also manipulate mirrors in the movie. Yeah, I. Ooh, well, that's kind of fun because I feel like that's kind of can be that. Oop, 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 that can kind of be said. Again, in like paranormal activities of today, um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it's like the idea of like a full body manifestation is is hard, but the idea of appearing on something that's like flat and you look through, yes, because thank it's you. one just small surface. I don't know. Well, it's just sense, like it's but... not being. It's just it's being reflected back. So there's no using you looking through your eyes and through your perception. It's like right. this is something that's like raw footage, essentially, quote unquote. Yes, Whether exactly. That's, I mean, literally footage like tape or uh, through a, a, a you know the reflection of a window. Waving, waving. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you, musical theater training. Um, how <laughs> much did you hate when just like finding clumps of hair? Like that was like the whole aesthetic. It really reminds me of like. Sorry to my ex roommates. I've lived with many people across my life in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Just like finding hair and shower drains and stuff. Yeah, and I love like, that. This is not my hair, but I have to pick it up right now because like it's not draining. Yeah, and like right. I mean, here's the thing. I got blonde hair, so I know when hair is mine. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but then I again couldn't. It's just funny that the finding the black water bath 
and he's just the realtor was just not uh-huh. faced by it. And he's like, oh, I'm just gonna drain this. <laughs> and like, well, I like the idea of <laughs> um, and there's uh, this is kind of like the realtor in American Psycho, which is like, I need to sell this fucking house. I don't really care about <laughs> specifics. It's like right. Blackwater, ewy, but we better just yeah. move along. And then uh, he doesn't even show them the room. Uh, great, you'll take it. Uh, cool. It's a bathroom. What more do you need to know? You fucking pervs. Oh, also a very sterile yeah, looking bathroom. I don't know if that's. It was just, it looked very medical. Um, Maybe the husband medical. quickly cleaned up after he drowned his family. I don't know. Not, oh, no. not in that way. I just mean, like, in terms of, like, design. Oh, like, oh, it, oh. Uh, <laughs> it was just very much like. Clean, like, clean lines. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he had, like, a stainless steel tub. Like, it just looked like mm. it was, like, a morgue. Like, Ooh. Um, I like that. Yeah. And there was, uh, with, this, uh, with this movie, there was obviously, not, I shouldn't say obviously, but they used a lot of, like, there were more shadows, I feel like, and, like, you know, because it's America and they had probably too much fucking money for this movie. Um, it was just like, they were just corners that were completely pitch black, you know, or they'd be going through hallways that weren't well lit. You know, I just feel like um, they created a very dark universe in this movie. Yeah, this movie is very dour. Yeah. There's like no fun in it, which I, I like a unity of tone and... I think the American remake of the The Ring does the same thing, where it's just like that movie feels like it has depression. <laughs> it is just like <laughs> wet and sad and gray, yeah. and it really fits the like mournful tone of that movie because it's mm-hmm. about like a child dying and not having um, fun. What's the word? Having like unfinished business. She's got a to do list. <laughs> She's got something to do. She's got a to do list. <laughs> Don't push me in the well. I have tasks. <laughs> Uh, there's just like a lot of fish out of water moments for the Americans that are just kind of like, uh, yeah. like them like asking for directions and um, the wife of the uh, new family that moves into the house is mm-hmm. like, you see her in a grocery store and she like doesn't know what the food is so she like opens one and smells it. Oh no, she doesn't open it. She pokes a fucking hole in it. It's like a thing of like uh, um, that's worse. Ramen. Exactly. It's like you could have just peeled it. Well, back. you're buying it now either way. So you might well just not done this. Also. <sighs> I mean, I know it's a movie, but like, look, just do a little research before you move. Obviously, this wasn't yeah, like exa- that new of a setup. to a different country and being like, I don't care to learn anything besides like, right? Where do I go and like, where is the bathroom? Right, and then even at one point, she's like, I went for a walk yesterday and I got lost and I there I couldn't ask anybody for directions because they all spoke in Japanese and it's like you didn't even think they're, to but, learn. Right. Like, she was acting like they're the weird ones for only speaking Japanese. It's like you came here, lady. You just mm, mm, yeah. They even like make a moment where they like jokingly say like um, arigato to each other. Oh, my pronunciations are off, but like they're just like you know dropping in little Japanese phrases here and there is like, isn't that cute? I don't think you're trying enough, is all I'm saying, characters. Um, I did like also the same character, the wife. She was, was a poorly written character. She seemed, she was written very stupidly. Yeah. <laughs> she runs into the cat boy at one point and she mm-hmm. goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> right. Also, Not like, who are you? Do you need help? Uh, <laughs> what also, are you doing here? Like, like <laughs> if you just purchased a house... And no one made any mention of a cat living on the fucking premises. And then you see a cat. I mean, first I'd be excited. But Hooray, then I'd be a little nervous. Like, oh, I just, the, and no one thought to check the Whose room. Whose cat is this? Yeah. And, like, obviously you didn't see the whole fucking house because you would have seen that there was a closet. Was the closet taped up then? No. Yes. Uh, no, the, the, the... The closet was taped the house, up. The, the, the new caretaker finds it, I think. Okay, so then who taped up the closet? Because it wasn't there when Yoko came in. Um, but it was there when Sarah Michelle Geller came in. I don't think the mother who had dementia could have put tape on the closet. Or maybe she did. Maybe she had a I moment of energy. I think it's kind of maybe implied that she did. Because I don't think she's bedridden because she is, like, immobile. I right. think she just she's sleeps just a chilling. lot. Probably medication that she's on. Right. I know, so they're like, oh my god, she's been sleeping all day. And I was like, fuck me up, Leave please. <laughs> also, I can't she's imagine how long... She's fucking lazy. She won't even get a job. <laughs> yeah. Also, that plane ride was probably... Too many hours. Yeah, no. I, no ooh, my body. I played a transfer in like Beijing. <sighs> transfers, fun. transfers though. Oof. I mean, I don't know. I've only had to do it once, and I hated it. <laughs> Wait, where were we? To- that was no, you, you and me. We were there together. When we went to Scotland. The way there, we had to transfer at Heathrow. Oh right. Because I was like, we're in London, and that was right. the only time I've been to London. <laughs> it was in the airport. Aww, I mean, but on the way back, fun. I flew right from Edinburgh to Jersey. So I don't Oops. know. Oops. 
the pilot was like, I wasn't supposed to do this. Oopsie. <laughs> it's shorter going back. <laughs> well, I think truly there's some I, weird signs because winds, right? I mean. Gulf streams or something. I don't if know. you're a seagull and you can fly, please write us in. And, Ooh, uh, let us if know. you're a seagull, A and B, you can fly. <laughs> Two separate thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> also. Uh, there's one point where the detectives are interrogating Karen and... Uh, <laughs> She says she found a journal which belonged to the dead <gasps> wife. Uh-huh. And she goes, they say, do you think it was, um, belonged to that boy you saw? Because she right. also saw the cat boy. And she says, oh, um, no, it couldn't. The writing looked feminine. Well, she's like, I think it belonged to a woman. Yes, and they're like, yes, yes, yes. And then they look at her and she goes, the writing was feminine. And at first I was like, what the fuck do you She had little mean? hearts over the eyes. Then, <laughs> I don't know what Well, then mean? I guess because it's even more annoying because she probably looked at it and was like, oh, whoever wrote this is pining over someone named Peter. Peter is a boy's name. There to four. It must be a woman. And there's which, also like drawings of them together and like. It could have been a long haired man. Could have been a long haired man. Could have been a long haired man. Could have been a, well. Yeah. <laughs> could have been, could have. I just think it was very... Just the idea of, like, silly. handwriting being gendered is really funny to me. Well, it's very 2004. It's, exactly. It's played. <laughs> she says that, and the te- detectives go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Also, speaking of 2004, did you see when that bitch fucking does a Yahoo search, and she's, like, times, <laughs> like, website is all Times New Roman. I swear like, to God, I saw, like, Ask Jeeves at one point. Ah, bitch! Um, Good times. She also has, like, a frosty pink lip gloss on most <gasps> of the time. And I think Mom her she still too. has no... Still no eye- eyebrows. They were gone uh, uh, from Scream 2. We haven't right. seen them She since. has yet to find them. <laughs> She's, yeah. Where are they? What if that's what the... What, there's so much hair in this movie. Maybe the ghost just wanted to give Ooh, her... More like, hair. Give Do her. care. <laughs> also, they, the detectives keep saying to her, they keep saying that Japanese boy you saw, they would just say boy. Yeah. <laughs> they make it such a big deal that... She's like, because even when she calls, she's on the phone with someone and she's like, yes, I'm sure he's Japanese. It's like, okay, why do we need to ride this shit home? I don't know. And, what does and, it matter? But in this world of the film where in this fictional universe where these three separate American groups united, that does fit the aesthetic to be like, it's weird. He was Japanese because like, I only interact with Americans even though I'm in Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they could have done like a, it, this is not the type of movie they're making, but like if they, if they were forced to do make them Americans in Japan. There could have been moments of, like, Lost in Translation where it's, like, they are meant to feel like they're in the wrong for not, uh, for intruding on the culture. Not, not that you can't travel, obviously. I'm, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. They were, they would, they would instead be painted as, like, silly for not knowing the simple phrases and, like, (laughs) what food looks like as opposed to this where it's just, like, uh, nobody spoke English and I was lost. (laughs) Yeah. It's very entitled. Yeah, just... Again, very Bush era. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's like I remember around that time at one of the mall kiosks, they had shirts that said "Welcome to America." Now speak English. Who was they? like a shirt? And I'm pretty sure someone in my middle school or high school wore it. Um, yeah, it's just very time and place. Uh, it's okay because we're okay now. We've solved it. Racism is <laughs> over, and we're done. You can't even solve it as a joke. <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> um, oh, I guess another like. I guess it wasn't scary, but it was jarring. And I guess they were trying to get an emotion out of it. Was The whole movie starts with Bill Pullman casually flipping himself over his balcony to his death. He truly does just go, what a lovely day outside. Yeah, he, he, he kind of does it like when you're about to like go over the bars and gymnastics. class. It was like class. Simone Biles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he landed on his feet and he scored 10 points. <laughs> he stopped the landing. <laughs> This is horrible. <laughs> he runs and looks over <laughs> the balcony. Funny. He's just there with his arms no, up. He died. Um, Sorry, Bill he, he does die, and he's in the opening credits as like uh, it's like da 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 da, and Bill Pullman. So I thought that was gonna be his only scene, and I was <laughs> like, too. wow, that's me a too. Bummer. I thought the same thing, and then he shows up like an hour later. And I was like, okay, he's good. Right, and then we learned that he, uh, you know, he had this woman had a huge crush on him, and he just didn't know. He was just trying to, you know, find out what was going on, but. When Sarah Michelle Geller goes to go speak with Bill Pullman's like girlfriend or significant other, uh, Sarah I think Michelle his wife. or his wife, yeah, what his lady, his lady. Um, Sarah Michelle is like she says to her that I don't think your husband killed himself. Like basically implying like someone else killed him. But uh, what the fuck was she? What I don't understand. I, uh, clearly, 
Wait, what? I don't Sorry. know. Sorry, I missed a little bit of that. Wow, sexism. I was looking at Bill Pullman. <laughs> Bill Pullman. Okay. He jumps off the balcony, and Sarah Michelle Geller says to his wife, uh, "I think someone else killed him," or like, "I don't think he killed himself." So, alluding to the idea that perhaps the spirits made him fall over, but it's like all the other deaths are the spirit attacking the person, the person dies. The spirit is doing something, attacking them, but not, you know, it's not like it's making, they don't try to disguise it in any other way. It's just like, well, why did he have to die that way? Maybe. Or do you think he was like, I'm sick of seeing all these spooky, scary shit. Maybe it's supposed to be like a cold open where, because I think the only people who are supposed to have be able to see the spirit are those who have been to the house. Right. And I assume Bill Pullman's wife has not been to the house. Right. So maybe there really was a spirit behind him pushing him at that point or pulling him or something or gotcha. like um, uh, altering his reality in some way. You're on a But we beam. didn't see it because yeah. even we, the audience, haven't been in the house yet. So we don't know the context of like spirits oh. and stuff. I guess so. It's just like it just. I'm giving it, it didn't, a lot of credit. Absolutely, but. it just. I feel like it just didn't fit the. I hate to say this. I just feel like it didn't fit like the aesthetic. No, <laughs> like, I mean that's true. It's, 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 but maybe movies right. have rules and logic to them, and if they don't stick to their own rules and logic, even if they're illogical in the real world, it is confusing. Yeah, but because it, it looked physically like he did of his own accord it wasn't like it looked like he was being forced over like when the detective goes back into the house before he tries to light it on fire he we see you know he get he's struggling and he's pushed into the bath tub filled with water and it's a struggle whereas like this was like i think i'm gonna jump off this fucking balcony right now if the movie at any other point had any sort of ambiguity or creativity in how it showed (gasps) the things that we're seeing and like whether they're real or not based on um, what other characters would interpret it to be, then I would give the opening the benefit of the doubt and say maybe that's what they're going for. But because it does not, I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, I guess they were like, you want to know it would be really fucking punk rock? Yeah, if the movie opened with a guy, Kelly, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then all the people are like, whoa, his legs are busted, (laughs) his brain's on the ground. Yeah. But because PG-13, he falls and there's zero blood, (laughs) even though he's like, should be like completely exploded. Uh, that and that's funny because I mean, it's not funny uh, for the village episode. I was trying to remember his name, and then we, now we know it's Bill Pullman because he was in Scary Movie Four mm-hmm. and he got stabbed with a knife. And they said he had a heart he attack. Died of heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> he was attacked by a knife or that's something. That's funny. Yeah. So the reason we did this movie and we because a because we've already done the original and we thought it'd be fun to look at the remake just mm. to compare and contrast, and but also because there's another remake coming out. So many grudges are being held this January. So we were like. Maybe we'll cover that, and if not, we'll just at least cover this one in the meantime. So is this, is it a remake? Is it a sequel? Is it a reboot? Is it a prequel? Hold, please. How many whites will be in this film? I think this one is actually fairly diverse. Excuse me. <laughs> Box office. <laughs> How many whites will be in this film this evening? <laughs> That's Miss too many. Miss a movie film? <laughs> movie film <laughs> and it's an old uh, box office, uh, a charrette. It's medium diverse. <laughs> it's not all white. <laughs> uh, medium say. to light. So the remake. Uh, oh, is a remake? I just. That's why I pulled this up. One yeah. Second. Why are we remaking? Why are we remaking um, it? Unclear as to if it's a remake or. Oh, I can find out. Um, it's a remake. It's a remake of. <gasps> it's a remake. Uh, the original. Um, MDB even has it listed under the Grudge 2004 and says this is a remake of that remake, which <gasps> is funny. Thank you. Thanks, MDB. But this one's rated R, unlike the I've first r- Grudge. Really grudgy. <laughs> but the oh, this will be the first American Grudge film to not have any involvement with Takashi Shimizu, who directed the original four Juon films and mm-hmm. the two American remakes. Interesting. Um, two American remakes. He, well, he, there is the Grudge two. What? Also directed by him. Are you fucking kidding me? What is that? I saw it as a kid and it really scared me, but again, oh. it was a but a wee babe. But a wee, but a wee. Who's is it um, a continuation Tamblin. of the... Oh. I think she's... I think she is Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister. I'm Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister. It's me, Karen's Where's sister. Where's the ghost that killed her? <sighs> that made me so but, sad. Um, but the... So I'm like, oh, the Grudge remake. That could be fun. Uh, it's got a good cast. Betty Gilpin's great from Glow. She's <gasps> She's so good. She's amazing. It's too much. John shows in it. He's really hot. <gasps> Is um, he from Harold and Kumar? Yes. Among other things, but yes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's, I, I hate using that no, as I mean, an example. I like it's one but... of his bigger things. Oh, he's very handsome. He's very handsome. He's a very handsome um, young man. And uh, nice but it comes out January third, and most horror movies that come out in January are um, 
garbage mama. Oh. <laughs> All right. More like the trash. <laughs> the, oh, that's funny. A 2020, that is wild that it's about to be 2020. 2020. 2020. 20. Henty. <laughs> so know. sorry to anyway, the entire um, community. That's all I got. I don't like this movie. And I don't like that Sarah Michelle Gellar lives so long. I'm so sorry. It doesn't make sense. Everyone fucking dies in like a semi-timely amount of time. And she really does. She makes it, it she makes it through a fire, essentially. Shouts didn't do it big enough. Right, because it ends. The very last thing is she's in the hospital there to identify her dead boyfriend. Oh my god, so fun. And um the a grudge monster's there. <laughs> right, they put her in a room alone. They're like, take your time. Take your time with this dead body. No one's in here to support you. I fucking hate this medical system. Uh, I have a real grudge, and it's against this goddamn movie, darling. Honey. It's not good. Yeah. It's really it's really disappointing and surprising how lackluster it is compared to the original, especially because it has the same director. If it was a different yeah. director, I'd be like, whatever, I get the, that. Right. I'm imagining, this is hypothetical, obviously, or a, a hypothesis, rather, oh, but um, because it's like a studio American film, he probably didn't have a lot of um, specific control, or he had a lot of... Um, I, he, they probably had a lot of constraints placed on him in terms of, like, this is how we do it. Hey, wouldn't it be, like, really cool if we just uh, added this stupid fucking scene? If there's a slow motion yeah. and if blah, blah, blah. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just didn't do no, a great job. Let's start like, rumors. <laughs> let's start the rumors. Let's start rumors. Fun. Um, so see it if you want, but really just it. go You probably watch saw it at a sleepover in 2006. And where, where it should stay. Go where watch Juan if you are able um, oh, please do. It's so scary and good. It's fun. I, I just, it, watching The Grudge just made me want to watch, rewatch Juan, honestly. So that's what I think on that. So this has been Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast. Uh, yeah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Halloweeners Pod. And make sure to like rate and review us. <laughs> please. We love reading them. Yeah. Obviously. We love the interactions. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at CodyMonster91. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, um, whatever. She's everywhere. You can follow me on Instagram at HeyKiraHey. You can follow Apri Pompey. He's right over there. He's on the couch. He can't he's even hear to us. He can't even hear oh, us. he's so handsome. Hi. Talking about you. Oh, we're oh. just saying hi. He looks suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd at Apri Pompey. He's also on Spotify with all sorts of great music about flowers and Listen. sadness and love. I love it. I'm being glib, but they're really good music. It's really good music. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite good. He's quite talented. Um, you can follow uh, Leah Patterson, who did our beautiful artwork at A Tender Witch on Instagram. Oh, no, look. It's the American grudge monster crawling this oh, way. Oh, no. That's scared of you. Um, you know what? You're just... You're just... You're a shoddy remake of a good <gasps> movie. Get them on. Hey, what do you have to say? I don't know. Just maybe they wanted to say something, and no one was listening to what they had to say. The ghosts. Very, very likely. Is this thing on? That's the ghost holding a microphone. But uh, in a movie lacking any subtlety or uh, inner uh, evaluation analysis, probably not. <gasps> I Bye. want a black cat. Give me a black cat. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh.